destruction is life. Love the awkwardness. Oh yeah, I have I have a lot on that topic. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's on. We are live. All right, here we go. I make my cough Hi. noise. <clears throat> I do the introduction, we get going. A dry cough refers to a cough that does not produce mucus, also known as phlegm or sputum. Dry cough symptoms. Dry cough may occur with other symptoms including flu-like symptoms, fatigue, fever, sore throat, headache, aches and pains, hoarse voice, nausea, runny nose, nasal congestion, sore throat, swollen neck lymph nodes, vomiting, wheezing. Dry cough treatment. Drink a lot of warm water during the day to ease cough. You can also drink a mix of lemon juice, honey and warm water at least thrice during the day. Giggles are always effective for easing dry cough. Add some salt to lukewarm water and gargle. Giggling with warm spinach juice is also very helpful in providing relief from dry cough. Alternatively, you also can prepare a decoction of hinder leaves for treating dry cough. Dry cough is a common disease, yet every individual needs unique treatment and care. We encourage people with dry cough and their families to learn as much as possible about the latest medical treatment and approaches as well as healthy lifestyle choices. For more information about dry cough and how to treat dry cough, just click on the link at description. Or visit www.mainmd.com. Thank you. Hello gamers, students, friends, OTIs, and people of the interwebs. It is Ike, your host, Coach Hulk, aka Coach Mo, aka just Mo, I guess. I am joined tonight by the amazing wonderful stupendous electrifying steven waldinger steven how are you sir oh i'm very good it's uh um th- this uh the third week i think of my guest uh guest little stint here I'm, we i'm uh, loving it i'm yes, loving it listen um, here's the thing I, I i was texting dev today i was like hey let me know when you're gonna come back and he was like yeah, no, I'll let you know. And he's like, do you, are you doing okay? I'm like, ah, me and Steve are holding it down. We're doing some good work. My kids love you, buddy. Like, Oh, awesome. Uh, I'm, that's very, I'm very <laughs> glad to hear that. They, I haven't even met them, and I can already tell they're incredible kids. So, yeah, yeah that's so my cool. Students, my students are like the biggest fan base that we have, and I love them to pieces. And, and, yeah, they just think you're great. But also joining us today, someone who has been mentioned a multitude of times, the Lady Beaver, the LB herself, is here. Hello, LB. How are you? Hi, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be with you guys. We're very jacked. Now, LB, not to be outdone by Steve, brought a companion, a friend, a cohort. Brandon, how are you? Or B, Brandon, B, dang it, I messed up already. (laughs) Killer B in the house. Killer B, how's it going, buddy? Good. I'm doing really good. Yes, uh, fun fact, Steve B and me, the Lady B, were out filming all day for my new music video called Bicycle Man. Yay, Bicycle Man. Yeah, Yeah. Steve was on guitar. Uh, It didn't have any strings. (laughs) That's the best way to play. (laughs) I actually prefer my guitar stringless, so it's classier. And uh, 
And B is sort of my director uh, slash videographer. He was filming a lot of stuff up in Venice Beach. There's a roller skate dance troupe in Venice Beach, fun fact, and you can go skate dance with them on Saturdays and Sundays. And so that's what we did. It was really awesome. I've, I've never thought of skate dancing as I'm a very large man. At six, seven, I don't know. On skates, I would be almost seven feet tall. I You're feel so like that. Could, I feel like that would be dangerous. Yeah, I'm six seven. Oh wow, I'm five foot three. So uh, I remember being five foot three. I was in kindergarten. That was a tough year for me. But then I was five foot six the next year, and life went back to normal. That's so funny. My dad's five three also. We just stood up and compared our heights. You couldn't see it, but that happened. <laughs> That's the best. That's that's good podcasting there, folks. Now, um, LB, what I wanted to do real quick, we've heard from, from our boy Steve all the great things and all the wonderful pieces about what he does and what he uh, has been doing with uh, Comet Prov with you. Would you mind giving just a quick little background on your part and all the awesome stuff you're doing with that? And then, B, if you have anything you want to share out after, you go right ahead, too. Okay. Awesome. Well, Steve and I actually met at a storytelling class at the Nerdist, which RIP is gone now, apparently, because melted. Right, Steve? Isn't the um, I think yeah, the nerd the the little th- the theater that we took our class in is actually still open. It's now called the Ruby. Oh, um, interesting. I didn't know that. And Nerdist still exists, but they're not up there. I don't know if they are doing like classes and stuff like that, but like the Nerdist podcast and stuff still exists. Okay. Well, anyway, Steve and I took an awesome class there uh, with a great teacher with the name of John Flynn. He's a storytelling guru. So if you really like stories, definitely look him up and listen to some of his. They're incredible. Um, So we met during that class. And then um, after the class was over, Steve asked me if I'd be interested in attending the zine drawing night at Meltdown Comics. Um, rest in peace, Meltdown. And uh, we actually did that for about two years and started doing shows from it. Um, <clears throat> we decided to start tabling at comic conventions and uh, drawing people custom-made comics improv style. So I draw them first without Steve knowing what I'm going to draw, and then Steve writes in the words without me knowing what he's going to write. And it's a really awesome collaboration and Steve is hilarious and they're always super funny and I'm super weird. So our comics are weird and hilarious, basically. See, I actually have been saving up some fundage because I'm gonna need uh, a Coach Meets the Hulk at the at a bar comic prov edition at some point in time. Uh, I was told yes. if I didn't have at least $100, they would go. <laughs> So I'm up to $45 in my water bottle sales at school. So students, buy more water to help me get a cool comic of myself with the Hulk. Having and plus hydration is very important. You should have your <laughs> so, students say how they want you to be drawn in the comic. Like uh, we can draw you with camel. Don't do that because these, <laughs> these guys are crazy. I don't, I don't even know where this goes. Uh, B, do you have anything cool you want to share out, my friend? Talk to the folks where, where you're from. B, I can't hear you. If you're a ghost, blink twice. Sorry. Now we can't hear the LB. What is happening? There are ghosts. Uh, the microphone. It'll get you. That's a tough one. 
<laughs> how fun we had going to Vegas growing up as kids. And anyway, <laughs> left in the arcade. <laughs> but yeah, be about our trip out there. Yeah, so video footage wise, like, which videos did we get in? Oh man, we, we got a clip at the hotel. Oh, coaster. Yeah, and then I filmed myself you on the roller coaster singing song. Oh crap, there's mic issues. That's not good. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just, producer Tyler, when you listen to this, please know that I love every minute of it, and don't don't edit it. Just let it be what it is. This is phenomenal. We heard, um, we heard roller coaster in Vegas. That's about all we could make out. I'm sure most of our listeners are like, please please fix this. No, no, that was I, I loved it because in Las Vegas there was a roller coaster, and what had happened was. Uh, there was a cat daddy and um, a tuna melt. And that's where the story got crazy. <laughs> I think this is what happened. That's all story. Yeah, tuna melt and a roller coaster. You're asking for yeah. trouble. No, that's that's never a good combination. You don't put those together and expect to get, do a solid outcome. Are, do we get them back? LB? Uh, B, are yeah. you back? So you, were, you were cutting off too. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Hello? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I filmed myself on the roller coaster. Very uh like they made me go put my fanny last minute. So it was super under the table, like not allowed. Yeah. Oh my god, I could have gotten in trouble. And I took out my phone and I filmed like a freaking ninja <laughs> and uh I, I made sure I had a cord attached to my phone so I could wrap it around my wrist so I wouldn't look I almost thought Glasses. I don't think they heard any <laughs> 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 of that. We it's got like, like, like four out of five words. Yeah. Oh. Here, why don't I and then rejoin? Maybe I should text him. I, I don't know. Just what happened. Sign, are you going to sign out and sign back in? Is that, that what I heard? Yeah. I'm going to try to do that. While we get that fixed, producer Tyler, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the changes coming to PSVG OT right now. Okay. And we can do that and then we can have it all figured out. Sure. Okay. Here we go. Community, wonderful people. There will be changes coming to the OT. Um, after really good talk with dev, really good talk with, uh, the boss man, Don, the Kev, the, the, the PSVG higher-ups, we got the board of directors down. We sat down with some donuts and some lemon juice, and uh, we uh, had a good powwow and talked about it. The OT is going to become bi-weekly, so that's every two weeks. Is that right, Steve? Am I saying that right? That, correct, yes. The reason why is because <laughs> my ability to, like, do all the OT things we're supposed to do is I'm running out of, I'm running out of time before the move. And so we're gonna we're gonna turn it into a bi-weekly thing. So next week, no OT. So the viewers watching right now, we appreciate you so much. But next week, no OT. Week after that, OT is back. And we're gonna go every two weeks. That way we kind of give ourselves that little break. We get to take care of things we want to do. But that'll be an OT proper. Added on to the end of PSVG is gonna be an actual OT. And so what will happen is on that week where we don't have the main one, 
there will be a little PSVG OT snippet, a conversation of a memory that will be added on to our PSVG proper podcast. So you'll still get us every week. However, you'll only be getting the main show. The main OT will only come bi-weekly now, followed by the PSVG OT snippet, which will just be uh, a relational talk. It won't be the questions and all that stuff. It'll be the smaller version. So fans of the OT, we wanted to tell you of the changes that we talked about. And this is literally because I'm moving. (laughs) I'm not going to be in this state anymore. I'm going to be in a one-bedroom apartment with a wife and two very large dogs, leaving a beautiful four-bedroom house. Not ready. But once we get settled and we talk, um, we will reassess what we're going to do OT-wise and see how that's working. So that's the plan. Now that we've gotten that out, there's a story involving a tuna melt, a roller coaster, Las Vegas, and an alien that we need to have finished. <laughs> Are you back and ready to go, LB? And there was a, I, I'm not aware of a tuna melt. <laughs> <laughs> we ad-libbed based uh, on what we – we filled in some gaps when, we, when there was the audio for that. Phone. Huh? I'm going to try from my phone and see if it works better. Okay. Just that like that works for us. Here's the yeah. thing. I'm. This right. is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, um, I'll plug really quick. Yeah, get your plug on, Steve. But, get your um, plug on. You can... Plug um, all, all the listeners out there, if you need a gap to fill in next week since there won't be an OT, you know what next week is? It's free comic book day. You go to your local participating comic book store and they'll give you free comics. It's that simple. Go support the comic book store. Go get the free comics and go enjoy the free comics. Go get introduced to a comic that you haven't read before. And then free comic book day is the perfect excuse to read that comic. And then you'd be like, wow, this comic's great. I want to read more. And then <laughs> um, support the store. Um, you know, maybe just, you know, Maybe buy something just uh, because these the the stores. It's free comic book day for us, the patrons. It's not free comic book day for the stores. They have to buy these comics that they're going to give out for free. So just keep that in mind when you go to the stores. Um, I go to a lot of stores, and so I, I pace out how what I'm going to buy. But I try and get something from every store I go to. So yeah, if you're, I mean, and of course, if you're, you know, if you're not able to, they'll understand. Just um, if you're not able to support them that day, maybe just go back there when you can and talk to the nice people there because they're all very friendly. A lot of comic book stores I'm finding they also do. Um, they have games like my 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 favorite shop. They do a lot of uh, magic, uh, the card game there, and I know there's plenty of other shops that do as well. Um, another favorite store of mine, the Comic Bug um, in Manhattan Beach. They opened up a gaming store right next to it. Mo, if you're ever uh, in LA, I got to make sure that you get to the Comic Bug in Manhattan Beach because they have the Comic Bug and they have the Game Bug right next to each other. You would be in heaven. That sounds like my kind of place because I love the comics. I love I love the games. I'm all about it. Now, are there any comics you're looking forward to on Free Comic Book Day? Like, has there been anything announced that you're like, man, I really want? to read this one? I haven't taken a close look as to what's coming out this okay. year. Usually I'm all over it, but I haven't uh, taken a, a good look yet. I, I Every year, though, I always look forward to getting um, the uh, the Tick. They do a free comic book day comic mm-hmm. for the Tick, so I always look forward to getting that. Um, 
the, I always make sure to grab the Marvel and the DC one that usually ties into whatever event they're doing. And um, I just found out that um, somebody who I met at WonderCon, uh, Starburns Industries, they're going to, they're debuting their own comics with um, a free comic book day comic. So that's another one I'm very excited to get as well. Hmm, that sounds good. All right. We have them back. We're, we're here back. and we're so smart because I turn on my hotspot. So we're not using the crappy internet in my house. Nice. So yeah. now take three. Las Vegas. <laughs> roller coaster. Tuna melt. Jesus Christ <laughs> superstar. John Legend. Let's do this. <laughs> So, so yeah, we, yeah, we were not allowed to obviously film on this roller coaster and uh, even, even they made me check my fanny pack. Like I'm a fanny pack girl. I will always have a fanny pack and I've started like a little collection and they're cool. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Okay. (laughs) My wife actually is a third grade teacher and she bought fanny packs for her whole team. And it literally became a thing where other for the fourth grade and the fifth grade and the sixth grade team were all jealous of the third grade team's matching fanny pack game. So fanny pack game, still a thing. Just saying. I am a teacher too. And I suggested to my principal that we all get custom, custom embroidered fanny packs, but it never happened. But I did get it approved that the teachers could wear fanny packs. And there are three or four of us that do. So fanny pack club. Yes. <laughs> we are the- Including the vice principal. The vice principal wears a fanny pack. So So back to roller coaster, tuna milk, fanny pack. I had to check my fanny pack and I just like a ninja had my phone and just pulled it out as soon as we were on the coaster. And at one point I go from singing the song to just straight up screaming. Straight downhill. That roller coaster <laughs> is very scary <laughs> at the New York, New York Hotel, but it was really fun too. As soon as your kids are tall enough to ride it, they should go. I just put some heels on well, I teach high school kids, so most of them are tall enough except for you, Shy. You're very, very <laughs> short. Remember that. Okay. Now, we are a relational podcast. We're here to tell some memories and make some jokes and do all the fun stuff. We're also about unpreparedness. So the three of my wonderful guests, have I prepared you in any way, shape, or form for what is about to happen? No, in fact, B on the way over to my house was like, what is this podcast about? And I was like, I actually have no idea. (laughs) That's the way we like it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, today's memory is uh, it's a special one. It's a near and dear to my heart one. And I'm very excited to tell the story. Um, so for LBNB, here's what happens. I'll tell you what we're going to be talking about, and then I'll share my story. And then we'll go around the circle, the round table, if you will, and everyone will tell theirs. And we'll just have a really good uh, uh, talk about it. And so mine is we're looking for the first piece of media that stuck with you. And so here's my story. When I was in high school, my freshman year, I used to do a little skateboarding. I thought skateboarding was great. I really enjoyed it. It was fun to do. And I remember skateboarding to school one day and my football coach seeing it and going, oh, that's a cool skateboard. Can I see it? And I was like, Coach Romero, you want to see my board? Awesome. And I walked over and he grabbed it, broke it in half and said, football players don't skate. Remember that. Now, he was trying to tell me that if I get injured, I cost the team a win. Not how I took the lesson. I just took it as, oh, football players don't skate. So I never skateboarded again. I I gave up the hobby. 
during that year, I remember still wanting to be on a skateboard. And I remember missing that skateboard. But a game came out called Tony Hawk Pro Skater. This was the first piece of media that I ever like fell in love with. I've never had an attachment to a game the way I had to this one because I not only loved playing the game, but I loved the art and I loved the music. I loved the way that I would do these tricks on this thing and it would basically be like, hey, I get to do the thing I used to love, but now on a TV screen where I'm not getting yelled at. And it led down a road of me. I had never really listened to music that wasn't R&B or hip hop. And it led me to learning more about different artists and asking questions and talking to other people. And a friend of mine on the team, he was like, dude, Mo's really good at this game. You guys should see what he does. And he gets all these tricks and get these high point scores. And it literally went for the rest of that year. Like that was the only thing that I thought about was that game. And it led to me having friendships with people that I, I would have never had a friendship with because we had an entire group of kids who only skateboarded, who also loved that game. And we would talk about it and I would go hang out with them at lunch. And it helped bring this world that I used to be a part of and let me be a part of it differently. It was a piece of media that changed the way that I saw things. And I will forever be thankful for the people who created that game. Because if you've never been into skateboarding, you don't understand the world that's in there. You don't understand like the things they're doing. I mean, I remember the first time I watched a skateboarding video And the first time you see one of those falls and you go, oh, my goodness, like, no, no, that's like his leg is pointing in the wrong direction. That's not the things they do for the thing they love is insane and beautiful and amazing. And so I will remember that piece of media for the rest of my life and will always have like a special place like in my in my heart. So, Steve, what was the piece of media that stuck with you? I think. um Mine would be the Spider-Man cartoon um, because I don't, I still to this day cannot figure out, cannot recall if I read comics first or TV or if I was introduced to um, superheroes via TV. I'm thinking it, it was most likely TV just because TV um, was more, readily available you know it's because it's like it's at your house versus comics you have to go out and get them but so i'm i believe the official answer is that i saw tv first so that's why i'm going with the spider-man cartoon because that opened up um a whole new world to me that i'm still living to this day spider-man um had a tremendous influence on me his uh sense of humor was one of my um spider-man is actually one of my comedic influences um and i yeah spider-man the the cartoon is what got me into comics so i'm forever grateful for that i might not have discovered comics if it wasn't for spider-man um and so without discovering comics i might never become i mean never gotten interested in um television which would have not got which would have not gotten me onto a path to want to become a tv writer which would have not gotten me onto a path to moving out to LA and which would have got not gotten me onto a path of meeting such incredible friends like uh, lady beaver 
And Brandon, who, uh, even though I just met him today, he's an awesome dude. So, um, yeah, Spider-Man just led to so many wonderful things in my life that I think that's the uh, my most influential media, the Spider-Man cartoon, the media that started it all. Nice. Uh, LB, what was the yeah. first piece of media that stuck with you? Can I cheat and say two? Yes, you are allowed to. <laughs> okay, well, the first cartoon that really influenced me was Ren Stimpy. And then shortly after that was, okay, I'm cheating. I'm saying three because <laughs> shortly after Ren and Stimpy was Rocco's Modern Life. And like both of those cartoons are really gross and hilarious and like thought Barf was funny and farts. And I was, I was like, thank God, finally, there's something that under, like that's made for me that, you know, I can understand and relate to because my whole family always thought like poop humor was really funny. And my mom used to tell her fart and poop stories to entertain us all. And we'd like be begging her like one more fart story, one more poop story, please. So when Ren and Stimpy came out, it was just like magical. Um, I even had Ren and Stimpy slippers. I still have my Stimpy doll from when I was a kid. Uh, that show was just, it made it okay to be gross. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. Um, Cause I can be a little gross. So uh, I, I like that a lot. I was a weird kid, but I'm still weird. It's okay to be weird, kids out there. Be weird. Anyway, yeah, Rocco's Modern Life was also um, really fun and have, yeah, it was re- <laughs> also very strange. They had like a lot of like weird neurological. Uh, uh, in there, like there was a thing with Fletcher where he was like, turn the page, wash your hands. Turn the page, wash your hands. <laughs> so weird and OCD and amazing. Anyway, um, those were really important to me. And then also uh, Jim Carrey. When Jim Carrey came out in Ace Ventura and then uh, Dumb and Dumber and The Mask, those three movies, they really influenced me as a kid. He is such a funny, weird guy and just so confident. And he was my idol. He was absolutely my, my entire room was covered in Jim Carrey posters. And yeah, I, and I, I'm a comedian too. And he's probably my number one original comedian influence, to be honest. So yeah, those, those two things were very important for me. To this day, uh, Rocco's Martin Life is the only cartoon series I have seen front to back. It's the only one. And it's because it's amazing. uh, well, that it, it, I, the humor, it was a hit with me. Like it always made me laugh. Um, but I used to babysit um, for one of my, I called her auntie. I don't think we we're actually related, um, <laughs> but she was my aunt and uh, I would babysit her kids and her youngest son was in love with the show. And so literally we would watch it over and over and over again. So to this day, it's like the only cartoon that I can say like, I've seen every episode. Most of the time I can be like, I've seen three episodes or one or none. So just a little tidbit, little coaches throw in there. Now, B, yes. for you, what is the meat plate, the piece of meat that stuck with you the most? Um, okay, so we used to go to like Fry's Electronics and they would show like the displays of the videos. And there was like this one that I always remember. It was a music, like music video, but it was a 3D music video where it's played music where these balls would like come down do the tones and everything with it. And that kind of like pushed me into my career, my like what I wanted to go into was 3D animation. 
And so that kind of pushed me into that direction and wanted to go do that work and then study that kind of field. So I feel like that kind of stuck with me and then kind of pushed me towards doing wanting to go 3D animation and discovering that and seeing how like now where it's come to like VR type stuff now. Nice. Awesome. Do you remember the song? No, it wasn't really a song. It was more instrumental. It was just like like balls going on metal, like sounding going balls going on metal to make that music. So like, like but it would be CG. Uh, respect. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> now, these are, I'm really. We talked about Jim Carrey. We talked about Tony Hawk. We talked about ball striking the 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 metal. And we talked about uh. Spider Man, I'm really proud of us. Like this is a very good, this is a very good mix here. Such like, good, yeah, yes. this is such good material. No, I'm like here's the thing with my kids. Like when 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 so most of the time we listen to this during class. Like that's when it's listened to. Um, it's the best class ever. Well, I'm a PE teacher, and so whenever we're outside or we're doing lifting weights, I want us to have something to listen to, and so we listen to podcasts a lot. Um, we don't do music because no one can agree. And so I'm like, with podcasts, we're all just listening. So everybody can agree. Um, but the questions we have were actually built from a group of my kids who are looking to learn more about art. So they have art uh, in, in their future. Um, so our group is Miranda, Voss, Michelle, and Sarah. And here are their questions. So we're going to go through. Um, we'll go... Uh, round table. So we'll go LBB, Steve, me. Sound good? Yeah, I'm ready. Good. Challenge me. Yes. Okay. So first question, in a world where art is getting less and less funding, what can students do about it? LB. Make more art. Make more art. Yes. Draw, 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 yes. draw. And make it known that it is important. Make it known it's important. Show up. Go to art museums. Go to your friends' exhibits. Support. Support your fellow artists. Go to shows, go see music, go see local bands. Spread their freaking posters, videotape them, spread it on the internet, get people to follow them on Instagram. The best thing you can do is be a supporter and be an artist yourself. Just make stuff and make as much stuff as you possibly can. Love it. Uh, B? Um, yeah, it's it like just continue to draw, 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 and draw, and draw. And support yourself and then be able to like push yourself out there and just Show your artwork everywhere. Like she's saying, like Instagram, Twitter. And be confident. Don't hide your talents under the rug. You know what I mean? Put them up on yeah. display for us all to see. We're all weird humans. We all do really strange things. If you're confident and do your art, people will respect it. Because you know what? People like the truth. People relate to the truth. And they like honesty. And they like seeing things that come from an honest place. Nice. And Steve? I agree with everything that has thus far been said. Uh, I think my only little chime in addition has already been covered, but I'll just use the uh, three words that are three little three letter abbreviation of DIY, do it yourself. Don't be afraid to do it yourself. Um, if you're doubting yourself for any reason, the only way to get over that doubt is just work through it. Um, everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, don't don't think that you can't do it because you can. It's it's not going to be easy at first, but you got to practice. Just the more, and then the more you do, the better you get, and then the next thing you know, you're you're an all star. Awesome. Um, mine's going to be voting with your wallet, and what I mean by that is 
I couldn't have said this maybe a month ago, but now that I'm leaving and I currently do not have a job in Orlando, I'm free to say what I think. Most states now allow students to choose whether they go to a public school or a public charter or a private charter or a private school. And these schools get money based on your attendance. When you show up to school, they get paid by the government. Like that's how this works. We have to sign sheets that say that our attendance is correct too. Like it's intense. So because of this, students, if you're going to a school who's not offering art, who's not offering music or band, go find the school that does. Or petition the hell out of your school. Get your parents angry. Let them know. Yeah, yeah, they have to your principal. They have to listen to angry parents. Your angry parents are the ones putting you in their school. Just get your parents to create a huge fuss over it so that they do something about it. By letting them know, because you literally make them money, by letting them know that if you leave, it's because you want to go to this place that has music and art. And if they are not going to provide that service to you, you need to go somewhere else that takes money out of their pocket. And most of these principals and schools are business people now. And they have to understand that when money's taken out of their pocket, it doesn't look good to the school board who keeps them going. So vote with your body, vote with you. You are an entity. You are worthy. You are worth something. So that's my advice. If they're not going to do it, go find the place that will. And I can say that now. (laughs) Because they can't fire me. I'm leaving. So, all right. Next question. Uh, is our school as scary as it sounds? Being critiqued and stuff is a huge fear of mine. LB. Is art school scary? <laughs> what? Art school is the most fun thing in the entire world. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Okay. So, yes, the critiques are real. And, like, okay, I have, I do have sometimes an issue at receiving constructive criticism. I can get a little defensive because I think my art is awesome. And so it's hard for me to hear critique sometimes. However, um, that being said, it's all constructive criticism. It's there to help you be a better artist. And you know what? At the end of the day, you're going to take from it what you want anyway and tune out what you don't want to hear. And, you know, my by my second year of grad school, I went to Pratt for, um, for graduate school. I have a master's in printmaking. And uh, when I was there, my second year, I remember the first year kids were trying to critique me and g- offer me suggestions. And I was just like, no, no, I'm not doing that. No, no, I like it the way it is. <laughs> So, I mean, you really take from it what you want, honestly. There's nothing to be afraid of. You know, you, maybe your ego gets bruised a little bit, but it's like, ugh, shake it off, learn, grow from it, learn from it. You know, learn learn how to take uh, constructive criticism. Learn how to tune out the stuff you don't want to hear and, like, keep it for yourself. Because, I mean, really, at the end of the day, you have to do you, you – that's the only choice you have. You're stuck with yourself, right? So you better do it, you know, because otherwise you're going to go insane. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, B, art yeah. school, scary? Um, it's not as, well, I didn't find it as scary. It's more just like, what would I say? It's more of like, you get out what you put into it. Yes. Like if you put a lot of effort into it, you'll get a lot out. 
but there's also there's all those distractions too at the same time but as long as you can manage the distractions then you're good to go but it's like the critiques aren't as bad but it's more just to help you all right steve um no i didn't officially i never went to art school i did go to college um so i'm gonna um and i'm but i'm gonna approach this more from like the the writing perspective because that's where i i get my butterflies sometimes it's like you write something you know you spend all this time working on something and then you're ready to put it out in the world and you're like wait a minute how's everybody going to uh take you know how's everybody going to interpret my my baby i've put all my hard efforts into this how's it going to go so i i've getting the I, I still get those butterflies a little bit but um i think i'm going to quote mr miyagi uh, because by i think by the time this comes out the new cobra kai show is going to be out on uh, youtube red um so uh in the third movie dan daniel son is scared of his opponent and mr miyagi says it's okay to lose to your opponent, but you must not lose to fear. Um, so I think this um, college, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking art school is probably the same way. You just um, well, you'll find the people that you can trust, and when you find you know when you find that that network, you'll be able to uh, you'll get the constructive criticism that you'll be able to uh, get. And that'll help you become, that'll help you grow as an artist. So um, that, I like it, I lost the point of where I was going with this a little bit, but. Um, can I say Can I say a quote too, really fast? Yes. yes. <laughs> you said a quote and it made me really want to say a quote. So I'd like to quote Taylor Swift. Hater's gonna hate. <laughs> hate, and hate, hate. Hater's gonna play. Play, play, play. play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Um. So I've never been art e. Uh, I play the instrument that has the least amount of uh, creativity on my end. Some bass players are very creative. However, I, when I play bass, just stick with the drummer's foot. And if I do that, everything is easy. Life's good. Um, I, I've tried to draw once, maybe twice in my life. Um, I'm not super talented in that area either. Um, and I'm not a very creative writer. I just kind of write how I talk and that's great. It works for me and a lot of you have read it. So I'm actually going to talk about it as far as when I went back to school to get my master's degree in science. And what I'm going to tell you is I remember being at watching three, four hour seminars on biology and microbiology and, and the study of life. And I remember being bored out of my mind and my wife came up behind me. And I'm like, I just don't know if I can do this. Like, da, 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 da. like I, I literally had students who would be like, you're a European teacher. Why are you getting a master's in biology? Like, da, da, da. And I was like, because someday I won't be able to be a P teacher. Good P teachers play. Bad P teachers don't play. The day I can't play, I can't be a P teacher. And my wife walks up behind me and was like, hey, don't listen to people who say you can't. Just believe in the people who know you will. Gave me a big old, big old kiss and a hug. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. And so if if art school is scary because you're afraid of being critiqued, then listen to the people who believe in you and know they have your back. Take that critique and learn from it. And if you feel that that cr- critique maybe isn't, they don't see your art the way you see it, then you keep doing you. And at the end of the day, that's all we can ask for. Um, our next question, 
Uh, what's the hardest part about doing art full time? So what is the hardest part about you guys doing this amazing thing you do um, and, and keeping going, starting with the LB? Uh, are you sure you want me to answer this question honestly? <laughs> I want you to be honest, but remember I have young listeners. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal, kids. I'm a high school art teacher, but I have my own art practice outside of school. Sometimes my art is not always appropriate for children. Well, recently, my students discovered my art persona, Lady Beaver, as you know me. And um, it was not good. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, one of the kids discovered my Instagram, which is now private. And by the way, I will add you as my friends. As long as you're not my student, I feel like it's fine. Um, but anyway, there is a picture of my butt on there. Um, I'm mooning the camera in Vegas next to a mural of naked ladies on the Flamingo, uh, Flamingo Hotel Casino. And it's hilarious. Well, it's also not appropriate if you're a high school art teacher. And uh, now everyone's seen my butt. The principal, the CEO of the entire school district, all of HR, they've all seen my butt. And so, um, you know, I have to deal with, okay, I have this art practice where I'm funny, but I'm also sometimes a little vulgar. And then I am an art teacher and I'm, I happen to be very good at my job. Um, and uh, yeah, where, where do I draw the line? Where is the balance? How do I navigate that? So I have taken down a lot of my videos. I make music videos. I had to take a lot of them down. Um, I made my Instagram private and it sucks. Like I don't want to be closed off from the world about my art. So my goal is basically to become super famous and then I don't have to work there anymore. And then I can just be famous and do whatever I want. And uh, maybe I'll even be fam famous enough that they'll like beg for me to come back even though the whole world has seen my butt. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what can happen? All right. Uh, B, how about you? <laughs> What's the question? Uh, rephrase the question again. Uh, hardest part about doing art full time. Don't give up on your dreams, <laughs> yeah, so, kids. So I don't do art full time. I do on the side, but more of like. So you do hardcore doing art. Well, there's like the the whole focusing on it, like finding, like separating, like having a balance between like your side job and then your art. Mm -hmm. That's there's real. the whole thing. Like how you with your yeah. teaching, it's like trying to find your own and then the, your art side, your yeah. own side. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a studio in downtown LA, and so I, I try to go there like three times a week after school. I take a lot of naps, too. I'll nap and then wake up and draw for a long time. Nice. Yeah. All right. uh, Steve? Um, I'm going to use sub in writing for art, but writing in, in, in and of itself is an art form, I think. Um, and I think the hardest thing I, I have sometimes is like setting aside the time to write. I can easily get distracted if I um, have a project I need to work on but don't have like you know a hard deadline for it so um, I have to go to great lengths to um, be able to finish the project like I basically can't work at my apartment because I'll find something to distract me even if it's just a blank wall I was like oh wow that wall is so blank huh um, but yeah, just beating the distractions and um, um, f uh, fighting the deadlines are, are probably my uh, my answer there. And the only thing I really do full time is coach, and I don't think that qualifies. So we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> All right, 
Uh, last question. Uh, what made you decide to take it from a fun thing to a career? So what made you decide to go more in depth in, in art or, or writing? Uh, LB. Um, so actually, when I got to college, I did think I wanted to be an art major, but I dabbled in a lot of different things, a lot of different art forms uh, in middle school and high school. I did musical theater. Um, I was in marching band. I played trumpet. Um, I actually took singing lessons and piano lessons growing up. Um, and then I, I actually only took one art class in high school, and I took one art class in eighth grade. That was it. But it was interesting because I felt like visual art was something I always knew I was going to do. So it could come later. And I drew a lot in my other classes. I actually drew a lot in my trigonometry class. I remember in my biology class. Those were my drawing classes. And I would pass around drawing notes a lot, too. I would do group drawings with people sometimes. Or I'd just say, like, draw a dog on a notebook paper and pass it around. And everyone would draw their own version of their dog. And it was just really fun. And that was biology class. <laughs> um, now, I, wait, what was the question? <laughs> um, just what made you decide to turn it into a career? Um, so, so, okay. So anyway, I only had one art class in high school really to base my decision to apply to UC Santa Cruz is where I went to undergrad as an art major. And, um, but I did, I went out on a limb and did, and then I got to school and I actually, um, I was like, maybe I'm making the wrong decision. Maybe I should go into biology because I'd really liked my AP bio teacher in high school. He was so awesome and really inspired me. And I was like, okay, maybe I should just do biology. But there was like this chemistry entrance exam you had to take to go into the sciences at UC Santa Cruz. And I told myself, if I pass this exam, I'm going to go down the science route. I failed that exam by one point. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm an art major now. And I did that for the rest of my life up to now. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> B, how about you? Okay. So what made me want to go into arts? Um, uh, yeah, what what made you uh, want to turn it into a career instead of it like, just being like a hobby or a fun thing? Well, right now I don't do it like as a full time, but I was more of like on the side. But it's like I don't know if I have like full time. But like, well, he's now was, become my director. Yeah, I'm more of a chat director. He's wise. been filming me, so I guess that's his his my new more, art career. My art career is <laughs> <filming>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that will do full time. Oh, okay, all right, Steve. <laughs> Um, for me, uh, I came across the show, uh, while I was in college, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but I came across the show Space Ghost Coast to Coast one day. And when I saw this show, uh, I fell in love with it. And I was like, how do you, wait, uh, I want to write one of these shows. How do I do it? So I took whatever... Uh, I was still I was still in college at the time, so I took whatever class the the few screenwriting classes I could take. Um, they they didn't have many options at my school, but I took the ones I could take and just um, I ran with it from there. So uh, yeah, the the show Space Goes Coast to Coast is what made me want to become a writer. Nice, um, and again, um, I just coach, and it really was one of those things where I just always love playing games. Um, I love being competitive in the strangest things. Uh, it's just kind of innate in who I am. You know, my wife, uh, I think I've told this here before, but I'll say it again. Uh, my wife read one of the young teen books. What was it called? Uh, the one with the vampire and the wolves. Twilight? Yeah, thank you, Twilight. She read the Twilight book in like two days. 
right? And she's like, oh, I read that so fast. And the moment she said that, I was like, oh, no, no. So I read it that day. And then the next day, I read the second book. And then I read the third book. And literally, I did it in succession. In, in like three days, I read all of them. And I was like, oh, yeah? Now who's the fast reader? Like, <laughs> it's just who I am. And it's it's over just petty, dumb things. But it's just, it, it's one of those things that's like hardwired in my personality. And so with coaching, it just kind of became, once I realized I couldn't play anymore or I couldn't go any farther playing, the, net, the logical choice was, going into coaching and teaching about sports. So um, those are all of our awesome questions for today. Very uh, grateful to have uh, these four kids who wanted a little more information. And I can't wait to play this episode for them when it comes out on Tuesday. Now to wrap up the show, we normally have two things happen. We have the curveball, which anyone's allowed to throw a question over my way that I answer. Um, And we have the game of the year. Now I don't know LB or B well enough, So it can be any media of the year. So it can be album of the year, song of the year, movie of the year, comic of the year. Um, So does anybody have a curveball you want to throw at me? If not, we'll move on to our media of the year. Going once, going twice. What was media? Curveball. Curveball curveball just be a random question for Mo. Come on. Did I avoid it? I'm avoiding Um, it. Did you see the new Amy Schumer movie, I Feel Pretty? (laughs) Um, I did not. But I don't go to a lot of movies. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of movies, period. Um, I'm, uh, I have ADHD. Um, I don't sit well long. It takes a lot to keep me from like going nuts. Uh, I went to the, uh, the Marvel movies. And because of I would have popcorn or I would uh, have my wife still hold her hand, it gives me something to focus on. Most of the time during a movie, I stand up within the first 10 minutes and leave. Have you uh, tried bringing a fidget spinner into the movie theater with you? <laughs> um, Actually, that I do have one, and, and it actually does help when I'm trying to watch TV yeah, with the wife, and she wants me to sit down for longer. So Bring one to the movie yeah. theater and watch that movie because it was really good. I, I will literally uh, – I know my wife wanted to see it, and she was going to go with some girlfriends, so maybe yeah, I'll take her on a, take on a little date next week, and uh, we'll go see it together. On a date. All right. <laughs> no more curveballs. I'm out. That sounds great. Love it and I can avoid it. Um, okay. Media of the year. LB, what do you got? Um, oh, I thought media. that was the media of the year. Amy Schumer. <laughs> I feel pretty. <laughs> so it can be any media like game wise too. So, yes. Okay. So game wise. So I do tabletop board gaming instead of video gaming. I find see the game of the year right now. would Probably uh, it's new, like land conquering. It's called rising sun. It came out for kickstarter last year so basically you try to control other lands and whoever has the most point at the end of the game wins okay sounds good um lb do you have a media of the year wait <laughs> did i answer this twice <laughs> i feel pretty yeah hers was, oh, the movie. hers was the movie i thought that was her curveball for me well, it was both it was kind of she comboed Eight. media of the year and yeah. The curveball. LB with the first combo of the, of the season. Way to go, LB. <laughs> All right. Steve, your media of the year. New comic. Uh, <laughs> I think my uh, my media of the year might just be Lucy Hale, the star, one of the stars of Pretty Little Liars and um, the star, the cur- star of the current movie uh, Truth or Dare um, on the episode one podcast. 
were doing a storyline where way back in December, I time traveled into the future because I just had to see The Last Jedi because I, being the number one episode Phantom Men- Star Wars Episode One, the Phantom Menace fan of all time, I thought Qui-Gon Jinn was going to be in the movie. So I just ha- I couldn't wait for it to come out. I time traveled into the future to see this movie. When I did, I lost our guest who was supposed to be on the show, uh, my friend Catherine. She got lost in the timeline. Still haven't been able to find her to this day. Um, and so I'm searching for clues to find her. And I actually went and saw the movie Truth or Dare because Catherine hosts a comedy show called Truth or Dare. So I thought some hidden clues might be in there. And it gave me an excuse to see a Lucy Hale movie. So Lucy Hale is my media. Oh, okay. Respect. <laughs> um, mine is still I Hope. Um, I talked about it last week. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. I Hope is a game where um, basically you're fighting against cancer. And it is one of those powerful mediums. I love the way it's set up. Um, I'm now through the second world. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. I hope more people uh, go ahead and pick it up. Um, I'm, I actually gifted two copies out to students. Um, when they heard me talk about it, they're like, coach, uh, you know, is it really this good? Was one of them asked me, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to send it to your gamer tag and I send them a, a, a digital copy. Uh, the other one came up to me and was like, coach, um, yeah, you know, you know, my mom, uh, she had cancer a couple of years ago and it was really scary. And I was like, no, I understand. Um, and I, uh, gifted her the game as well. Um, I hope is wonderful and we need more video games telling these powerful stories because when you have a medium that so many kids get drawn to, we might as well use it to teach them something. Um, and that's just my two cents on it. So again, my, my game of the year is still I Hope. Now, with that, it's time for us to say goodbye. See you later. We'll miss you. So let's, uh, LB, um, where can everybody follow you on the, on the Instagram and the Twitters and let you know how great you are um, well, and anything you want to talk about? I had to delete my Twitter because of my job. So you can make sense. Gotcha. No more of that. You can find me on Instagram though. You guys, it's top secret. Are you <laughs> ready? It's at lady beaver. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, Brent B anywhere that you want people to follow you. Um, reach I don't, out. I don't really more directing gigs. More directing gigs. Um, I don't really post too much on the internet, but if you want to follow me on Instagram, I don't really post too much on there, but it's going to be B. D-U-Y-A-N. All right. Steve, you are an expert at this, so I'm actually just going to shut up and let you do your thing. (laughs) Um, The first thing I'll mention is that just yesterday, uh, me and Mo were guests on the That's Entertaining uh, podcast where we talked about, we gave an in-depth, extensive review of Avengers Affinity War. So if you want to hear me and Mo talk about Infinity War, uh, with our buddy Nate uh, from That's Entertaining, just go to that'sentertaining.net and uh, it's the newest episode up. You can also find it wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, speaking of podcasts, I mentioned the episode one podcast uh, that I co-host with my buddy Chris. Um, the primary thing we do on the show is we talk about the premiere episodes, the first episodes of new TV shows, and then we unfairly judge that show Um the, the entire series based on that one episode. And as you heard me say just a moment ago, we do a lot of our opening bits involve a lot of zany storylines. Like for a good while, 
um, I was me and Chris were going to have a steel cage wrestling match because I watched the show in humans and he didn't. And it drove me crazy. So um, if you want to l- listen to some fun, zany TV talk, uh, check out the episode one podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at episode one pod um, direct link episode one pod dot libsyn l i b s y n dot com. Uh, iTunes or Apple podcast links is uh, tiny dot cc slash episode one. And of course, I got to mention Comic Prov because my Comic Prov partner is here with me uh, yeah. for the first time. We've been running, I've been trying to get her um, onto a podcast with with uh, that. Uh, with Mo forever, so it finally happened. We make live comics starring you, um, Lady Beaver. Be draws it without me knowing what she's going to draw. I feel in the words without her knowing what I'm going to write. It's a lot of madcap polarity. Um, we're at comicprov.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at comicprov. Uh, did I miss anything there? They make great presents. So even if you don't want to be in one, you can have us draw someone else that you know, like your teacher. In however you want, like as a camel. <laughs> Please don't make me a camel, guys. I'm begging you. I'm not trying to be a camel. But remember, buy more water bottles from Coach so that I can save up the money for my comic when I'm trying to get done. You know, Coach, Coach and Hulk, chilling. Yes. We could solve crime. It'd be great. Or All no. right. <laughs> and you can follow me at uh, the Coach Hulk on Twitter uh, and on Xbox. Um, I don't know if I have an Instagram. I probably don't. I don't really... Uh, Take a lot of pictures. I'm not really about that. So you guys know I'm, you can find me at PSVG, uh, com. I think it's moving the site. I'm not sure where the site's going, though. I'm not 100% sure on that because I don't always listen when Boss Man Don tells me stuff. I should probably do better at that. I love you, Donnie. Please don't fire me. Um, with all that being said, I'm so grateful for this wonderful group. I'm so grateful to learn about tuna melts and roller coasters and the things that happen with them. But most of all, I'm grateful for all of you wonderful listeners from the students to the people we met on the internet to all the wonderful people that we've come into contact with. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making OT what it is. And with that, I have two things to say. Do you even art? Because that's the end of episode PSPG OT 26. And that's game over. This has been a production of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Find more great content at PlaySomeVideoGames.com.